0: Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Share with you on storms and suddenlies. The story will be familiar perhaps to many of you. Others, this may be the first time you've ever heard of this incident in the life of Jesus and his disciples. It's in Matthew 8, verse 18. It says that when Jesus saw great multitudes about Him, He gave a command to depart to the other side. And a certain scribe came and said to Him, Teacher, I'll follow you wherever you go. Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay His head. Then another of His disciples said to Him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. He wasn't being cruel there, by the way, because we don't actually know. And most likely that person's parents were still alive. What they were really saying was, can I press pause until my parents pass away? He wasn't saying the funeral's happening this afternoon, just so you get that, all right? Just want to make sure you weren't going, Jesus wasn't saying skip the funeral, all right? Now, when he got into a boat, watch this, we'll come back to it at the end. When he got into a boat, his disciples followed him and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us, we're perishing. Only they never said it like I just said it. You know as well as I do that in the midst of absolute crisis, in the midst of panic, it sounded more like this. Ah! Ah! But He said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then He arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey Him? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for today. We thank You that the Word of God, speaking to us from 2,000 years ago, speaking to us from a time, Lord, that's beyond any of us to know, still has relevance for this day and this hour for the time we are in right now. We thank You, Lord, that the Word of God is timeless and that it speaks to our time right now. I pray for men and women, young people, for children that are a part of this service and that in their heart have been saying, Lord, I don't know and I'm not sure and I'm a little anxious and I'm a bit worried. I pray, God, that today You are going to lighten the load. You're going to strengthen the heart. You're going to clear the mind. And Lord, You're going to empower each one of us for all that You have for us to do. I thank You, Lord, that our lives are lives of purpose. They're not lives of accident. They're not lives of randomness. But God, they are lives of the wonderful Holy Spirit at work in our hearts and in our lives in Jesus' Name. Lord, we give You all the glory. Now, Lord, open our heart and our mind. Let us not be distracted by anything around about, by anything that's happening in our tomorrows or anything that's happened in our yesterdays. Let us hear from You today, we pray. In Jesus' Name, Amen and Amen. Jesus says to the disciples right there, let us go to the other side. Let us He gives them a command to depart to the other side. Whatever you are in today, whatever is around about your life, it's good for every single one of us to know that there is an other side of this. Whatever you're in won't last. One of the great phrases of Scripture is this, you'll read it often, And it came to pass. Friend of mine used to say, remember, it came to pass. It didn't come to stay. Go to the other side. Now, let me give you some context of the passage we just read. Because chapter seven, the chapter prior, has been a wonderful, incredible season for these new disciples. They're only brand new. They've sat at the feet of Jesus and heard what we call the Sermon on the Mount, That's Matthew 5, chapter 6 and chapter 7. When we get into chapter 8, it starts off with amazing power. A leper, somewhat incurable by the way, gets instantly healed by Jesus. Then straight after that, a Roman centurion, someone that everybody else held in fear, they would have been really in trepidation knowing that this soldier could kill any Jew, any person he wanted with complete impunity. Nobody would have stopped him. And so when he comes and asks for his servant to be healed, it's far more than a polite request They know that if failure was the uh, result, things could really have gotten quite serious. But Jesus speaks the Word to this man of faith and says, go your way, your servant has been made whole. And they find out later that at the very moment Jesus spoke, His servant began to recover. It's an amazing healing. Jesus goes from that to Peter's mother-in-law. Yes, Peter was married. He had a wife and she had a mum. And the mum is sick and they're at her house. And she's not able to serve, not able to give them the usual hospitality. Jesus goes and puts His hand on her and immediately the fever leaves her. And the Bible says so quick is the healing that she gets up and begins to bring out the food, the hospitality for them. They go on from that, well, the crowd, the news has gone out everywhere. And now the Bible says multitudes, like a whole city full, Turn the house where Jesus is into an open air healing rally. They come up to Jesus and it says many were healed and many were delivered. Verse 19 tells us that great multitudes followed Him. I want you to imagine that you're one of the disciples. I want you to imagine that you've said yes to Jesus. You're saying, I'm going to follow you, Lord. And you've sat at His feet. You've heard Him say remarkable things. You are the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world and haven't done anything yet. He's spoken to you about a life built on Him as like a house built on a rock and a house that's just built on anything else as big like a house built on sand. And He specifically says to them, and the storms came. And I wonder whether any of them registered what He just prophesied. I wonder whether any of them realised that Jesus was not just giving a cute allegory, some kind of a pretty metaphor, some kind of a way of just talking about the difficulties of life, but He prophesied to them and said a storm is going to come. And these people have heard all this, but I guess they forgot it because then they go and it's a miracle healing. Then it's a supernatural touch for a Roman, the oppressing power and all this other stuff goes on. And quite frankly, if you're one of the disciples, you are going woo-hoo. You are nudging one another saying, thank God we said yes. Isn't it wonderful? Look what's happening in our life. Look how great this is. They're seeing things they never imagined they'd ever see. They have, everybody knows leprosy's incurable in that day. But here's a man instantly healed right in front of them. They they know all this stuff and they're there. I reckon by the end of the day, these people are adrenaline pumped to the max. You cannot get any more excited. The fisherman, the tax collector, the political activist who've all left their life and said yes to Jesus are so like going, that was the best decision I ever made. Thank God I said yes. And they're feeling very proud of themselves. They're wondering how many people Jesus asked who said no or just stayed where they were. And they're kind of feeling pretty like the select of the elect, God's chosen, frozen. You know, they're feeling very much like, wow, he picked 12. I'm one of the 12. Uh, you know, I'm one of the 12. Wow, isn't that, look, look wow. Why do I get home and I tell, let me just take a selfie with the leper. Huh? Let me just show you what's going on. They've got all this stuff happening, and that's why. Verse 24 is so telling. It says, And suddenly there arose a great storm. Suddenly there arose a great storm. Now, there are two kinds of suddenlies in the Bible. There's the kind we all want, Acts chapter 2, verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting and there appeared under them cloven tongues like as of fire and sat upon each one of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. And that's such an awesome suddenly. And I pray that every one of you will have a divine suddenly. Matter of fact, I pray you'll have more than one. I pray there'll be lots of them in your life. Those kind of things where you just go, you know what, I never knew that was coming. I didn't see that blessing arriving. Wow, how was I to know? I I couldn't have predicted that good thing was going to happen. You know, we bought our main land in Queensland uh, where our movement, INC, started. We bought that. It was 25 acres of ground and we bought it for $40,000. I'll say that again. 25 acres of ground. I don't know how many hectares that is, but let's go about 15. And it's a big parcel of ground, literally... Within, uh, If you climb up on the hill that's there, you can see the tops of the city skyscrapers. Do you know how that came about? We had to move from where we were. We We couldn't stay where we were any longer. And a lady from our church is on a bus stop. And the lady next to her is chatting to her friend, telling her about how one of the family had passed away. And it was a deceased estate. And all the land that had been a dairy farm was now available and that the price was $40,000. Well, that lady in our church rang the church office and said, you'll never guess what. Well, we paid that $40,000. And I could not even imagine what that parcel of land is worth today, but it would be in the scores and scores of millions of dollars, maybe more. And it all came out of us suddenly at a bus stop. Aren't you glad that God hasn't stopped His suddenlies? They're not just Acts 2. Come on. They're not just in Acts chapter 2. I'm believing for suddenlies in my life. I pray for it regularly. God, let there be those beautiful divine suddenlies. I want my life to be more than just the result of my effort, my talent, my gift, my struggle, my, even my faith. God, I want there to be the suddenlies of the Holy Spirit that demonstrate to everyone that You're in this. Amen. They're awesome, those suddenlies. Acts chapter 2 kind. I pray you'll have lots of them. If you've never prayed for them, do that this week. Tell God, let me have a a divine suddenly. But I must warn you that not only are there the Acts chapter 2, verse 2 suddenlies, there's also the Matthew 8 kind. Something unforeseen arises, something unpleasant happens and something that seems undefeatable
1: occurs
0: and that suddenly can also be there. Now hopefully you and I are going to have the first kind but I'm absolutely certain that all of us are going to experience the other ones. Maybe it'll be a financial issue that suddenly arises. Hello. Listen, the whole world right now is in the grip, really, of a suddenly. Uh, You know, hello. You know, it's not like we all went, you know, 2020. I'll just mark it in the calendar. I'm going to get ready. I'll stockpile. I'll have it all done. I'll make sure I'm fit and well. No, it just turns up. Well, I hope you'll have the other ones, but I know that those ones have come to health or business, to family, even in the technology area. The truth is that suddenlies can rock up and uh, just turn up. But I want you to hear this. Listen to these this morning. I really don't try and preach clever messages. Now, I hope that they make you think that's, I believe, part of what the Holy Spirit wants to do. But I don't preach sermons. I deliver to you something that I hear from the Holy Spirit that first of all lives in my life. And when I say lives, I'm not claiming that I, that I work it out or process it perfectly. It's a challenge to me like I trust it's a challenge to you. But I know that so many times in the midst of my suddenlies, the Word of God has come and brought clarity and brought strength and brought hope and brought inspiration. Because I know this, that this storm for these people at this time simply revealed who they had in their boat. Storms reveal who's in my boat. How will I ever know His power without a problem? How will I ever discover His provision unless I encounter need. How will I ever know God's protection in my life unless opposition arises against my life? How will I ever know God's strength if I've never discovered my limitations where I run out? The reality is that storms that come to your life and they will come, they will reveal to you Do I have Jesus in my body? Just give me a little wave wherever you are. If you can say, you know what? I've been through a storm and I found that Jesus was there for me and I found that He helped me and I found that His power. Look at all those hands that I can see here. Up right, I see you way up in the balcony there. I know that many of us, if not all of us, would say, I thank God for that storm. I did not know His grace. In that way, until it turned up. I don't know about you, I know this will sound a little strange, may even sound a little unkind, but I know there's been some storms of my life that when they finished, I almost regretted the end because I had discovered Him that walked beside me through the valley of the shadow of death in a way that was so deep and so profound that if you'd asked me, I never would have swapped the trial. I would have looked back and said, I thank God because I found God. I found the Holy Spirit. I found the power of God. I found the goodness of God in a way I never could have imagined. The storm simply revealed who they had in their boat. Secondly, is that storms reveal my faith, hold on, and my fears. Oh, I wish I could tell you it was just about my faith. You know, Jesus never rebuked the disciples to make them feel bad. Jesus never rebuked the disciples because He was just cross at them. He was upset with them. But like a good coach who points out where they went wrong so that they can get it right next time, Jesus stands up and says to them, where is your faith? Why are you fearful, Are you of little faith? In other words, He says to them, don't you understand what you have? Don't you realise what's inside of you now as my followers? And the storm simply recalibrated for them. After all the excitement, after all the joy and the pumping adrenaline, they discovered where they were really at. Are you with me this morning? One of my favourite verses of the whole Bible, really. And I always say that every week about a different verse. Well, that's because I've got a lot of favourites. My mum had seven children. Ask her, which one's your favourite? She She'd then name the whole seven. Well, I'm a bit like that with the Bible. I've got a lot of favourite verses. That's my absolute favourite. What's your favourite colour, Jeff? Oh, I like red. I like green. I like blue. I like yellow. I like brown. I, I, I like all the colours. They're all my favourites. Jeremiah 12, though, in verse 5, here's one of my favourite verses. It says, If you've run with the footmen and they have wearied you, how will you contend with horses? And if in the land of peace in which you trusted, they wearied you, then how will you do in the floodplain of the Jordan? He's saying, hey guys, if this is wearing you out, what on earth will you do with a bigger obstacle, a greater challenge? Storms just reveal to me where growth is necessary. I hope you're getting this this morning. I'm so excited to deliver this to you because I know that there are some people and you're looking at the storm all wrong. You're hearing it all the wrong way around. You're, You're looking at it going, when's this thing gonna end? Rather than saying, what can I learn while I'm in it? What is this storm telling me about who's in my boat? And he's asleep. He's at rest. And there am I pulling my hair out with anxiety. What can it teach me about me? I thought my faith was so high. Now I realise it was more emotion than anything else. Think about it a minute. Storms simply reveal really my faith and my fears, but so that I can grow. Here's the third thing, is that storms reveal the importance of my journey. I've come to believe that some storms are intelligent storms. They know when to come. They don't happen while you're safe on the shore and you can run up to the house and take cover. They don't happen when you're 10 feet, 10 metres from the beach and could beat a hasty retreat. But they wait until you're out in the middle. And when you're out in the middle, that storm comes. Have you ever noticed that? So I know lots of people right now, storms are coming to their life and they're going, hello, if that had happened a year ago, I could have dealt with it a lot easier than I am right now. Some storms come, listen to me, some storms come because you have Jesus in the boat. Some storms come because there's a purpose to your journey. I don't think the devil knows everything, but I don't think he's stupid either. I don't think he's ignorant. I think he knows those that have said yes to following Christ. I think he says no yes uh, knows who said yes to being a disciple of Jesus. I think he knows those people and so then it's a little bit like a bit of a target. The Scripture says the devil goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, who can he derail, who who can he get off track? And there's no doubt that some storms happen because there's a purpose to your life. Verse 26, we never read on from there. But when they get to the other side, it's not just for a change of scenery. There's two men there that are called the gathering demoniacs, men that have frightened the entire community where they are. And Jesus arrives. The disciples think we picked the wrong place to land. And Jesus says, but I'm here on purpose. I'm here on assignment. Can I say to you this morning, whoever you are, if you're a believer, your life is always on assignment. Amen. Your life's always on assignment. Don't act like you're random. You're not flotsam and jetsam. You're not a piece of driftwood carried about by wind and wave. You're on assignment. And when the storms come to you, you've got to stop and ask yourself, what's on the other side of this? Come on, what's on the other side of this? What purpose is there? At the other end, Jesus delivers these two guys. And when you read one of the other Gospels, the guy says, can I follow you? Jesus says, no, go back to your home. It was a place called Decapolis, means 10 cities. Later on, as that man goes back and tells everyone about Jesus the Messiah. After the day of Pentecost, there are people that go scattered to that place and history, history tells us there was an incredible revival, but it all started with a storm in the middle of a lake. It all started with going to the other side. It all started with where is your faith? It all started with a feeling of panic and worry. But as they went to the other side, there was a purpose for where they are. Storms reveal, come on, they reveal the importance of my journey. Here's the last one. Storms reveal the certainty of my calling. I'll say them to you again. Storms reveal who you have in your boat. They reveal your faith and your fears. They reveal the importance of your journey. And lastly, they reveal the certainty of my calling. I want to show you something incredibly interesting. Are you with me? Matthew 8 verse 1. We never read that before. Let me read it to you now. It says, And when He had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed Him the disciples aren't the only ones they're just the only ones who are there in the storm many people were following chapter 8 verse 23 22 verses later says now when he got into a boat watch this his disciples followed him can i suggest to you today that there are two kinds of followers there's those people that follow while there's miracles Those people that follow while exciting things are happening. There's those that follow while it's all wonder and awe and excitement and joy and celebration. But then there's those who say, I'm not just a follower, I'm a disciple. And they're the ones who say, Jesus, you want to go the other side, away from what I'm used to, away from the place that's familiar? I'll follow and they get into a boat, it's disciples who follow that go through the storms. I don't know which one you may put yourself in. I certainly hope and pray that every one of us will say, I'm the second category. I'm not just a fair weather follower of Christ. I'm a Christian. Yeah, yeah, I believe in God. You know, all around Australia, I meet people who tell me stuff. Yeah, Yeah, I believe in God. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, no, I don't I don't need church. Yeah, no, no. I've had people say to me, oh, I don't need church. I go, really? Because the Bible says we all do. It says, "Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the man of some is, and so much the more as you see the day approaching, Hebrews 10, 25. And however you're gathering, whether it's gathering with us in the building, whether it's gathering online, I do know that lone ranger Christians don't have a tonto. Huh? A lone range of Christians, they're on their own, baby. Amen. The angels are around the throne worshipping. I know what yours are doing. Amen. You're looking at me a bit today like this is either way too challenging or way too making you think. How many people have just got a bit of a pain from thinking? One, one hand. Yeah. Lord, heal that person. Which kind of following? I don't know about you, but I would love to be the one who follows Jesus into storms. Amen. You go, are you nuts? You sure you want to be with a storm? Oh, heck yeah. Why? Can you imagine what it was like after that? They go, you know, we saw lepers healed. That was amazing. We saw all the demons cast out. That was great. But hello, you have no idea, Mrs. Peter. Peter goes home to his mother-in-law. And Susan, you told me I'd never amount to anything. You said that, you said that my wife should have picked someone better and married up. Can I just tell you what happened? We're in the storm, I'm a fisherman, I know them. Hello? I thought we we're all gonna die. And this guy, the one I said yes to, yeah, yeah, the one I left my job for. Him. And she's you idiot, you got religious fever. You're gone stupid. It's gone. You lost your brains. What are you doing? And he goes, but you should have been there, mother-in-law. We all thought we were going to die, and he just stood up and told it to stop. And he said, I still get goosebumps. It just stopped. Wow. Storms revealed the certainty of my calling because it's people that have said yes and keep following that get to see what He does to storms. Let me finish with this passage that lots of you will have heard of. It's Romans chapter 8, verse 28 through to 30, but I'm going to read it out of the message version, paraphrase. Romans eight twenty-eight, of course, is that famous passage that says, Now we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to His purpose which is everything I've just been speaking about, but listen to it from the message. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. God knew what He was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love Him along the same lines As the life of his son. The son stands first in the line of humanity he restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. Watch this. After God made that decision of what his children should be like, he followed it up by calling people by name. After he called them by name, he set them on a solid basis with himself. And then after getting them established, He stayed with them to the end, gloriously completing what He had begun. Isn't that beautiful? You're not random. Can I say to you, if you say yes to Christ in a few moments' time, by simply going to yes.metrochurch.org.au or if you're in Australia by... Texting YES to 0488 826392. If you do that and you say yes, Romans chapter 8, verse 28 through to 30 starts being activated in your life. He's called you by name. He'll set you on a solid basis with himself. He'll get you established and then wait for it. He will stay with you to the end gloriously completing what He's about to begin with you as you say yes, either at 0488-826-392 if you're in Australia or yes.metrochurch.org.au, wherever you may be. You can use that in Australia as well. And after your yes comes, we start sending you every day a Scripture just chosen for you. It comes from our church. It's not from anywhere else. And you have my personal promise, we don't spam people. We, we'd simply do this because we want to help you grow after your yes. And so you'll get a Scripture every day, a different one. You'll get a prayer. It all fits on one screen of a smartphone. And you get to pray that prayer, making it your own. The next day, another Scripture and a prayer, right through 30 days. Of course, you can you can cut out of it whenever you want. But hardly anybody ever does, quite frankly, because they so love the encouragement that comes every day into their life. Let me give you the number again. 0488-826-392 or yes.metrochurch.org.au I'm going to pray with people in a minute. People that are wanting to say yes to Christ. They just want to start. See, many, Matthew 8 verse 1, many followed Him. But only 12 got in a boat. I'm praying that as you make your yesterday, you're not just saying, oh yeah, Jesus, that'd be nice. I'm praying you're saying, you know what? Lord, you tell me to get in a boat, I'm going. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to let my life get established. Remind yourself after that who you have in your boat. Come on, Christian. Some of you have been Christian longer than I've been breathing. It's possible. Remind yourself who you've got in your boat. Amen. It's not about your capacity to bail and to row. Who's in the boat? Have you woken him up lately? Or are you just telling all the neighbourhood about what's going wrong, about the job, about the sickness? Remind yourself who you have in the boat. Tell yourself, hey, there's another side after this. Remind yourself, my journey matters for life and for the people of God. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for today. You've blessed us. You've helped us. You've strengthened us. God, I know that there are people right now, right around the world, there are people uh, right now that have tuned into this and people in this building. And they know because they feel the Holy Spirit's prompting. Say yes. Say yes. Lord, I pray for those people. Thank You for the step they're taking right now through that text or through that webpage. They're taking the step and saying, Jesus, I want to know You and I'm going to follow You. Lord, I pray for those that have been in the boat with You a long time. Lord, and maybe a storm has arisen right now and it suddenly has come. God, would You help us? to know there's something great on the other side of this. We're just going to see it all the way through. We're not grabbing a life preserver and jumping out. We're not rowing in the opposite direction. We're going in the one you told us to go. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you. Thank you so much for letting us be a part of your life and for letting us be a part of what God is doing and encouraging you and uh, helping you to grow and to follow Him.